Cura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kira Wellington, you are with us on B-Side Stories on this lovely Tuesday afternoon. My name is Perrine Gilkerson, and I'm here with Sapir. Hi, everyone. I'm Sapir. It's lovely to be back on B-Side Stories with you all. Um, I've missed you. Have you been? Have you had a bit of a leave of absence, Sapir? Or, well, just a couple of weeks, but even even a day is too much. <laughs> we should be doing B-Side Stories on the daily. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine how disorganised I'd be. (laughs) Okay, so um, uh, who's your... Should we crack into the first guest for the show? Let's get straight into it. Today, we have a chance to kind of understand something a little bit different. Did you know that a lot of managers in the workplace are not necessarily trained managers? They didn't go to management school. They haven't taken management courses. Uh, They're really just really good at their jobs and they get promoted. So who helps them become good managers? Our guest of today, Adam Shand. Welcome, Adam. Hi. Uh, Adam, you run a support group called Managers Anonymous, and the listeners of B-Side Stories want to know, what is that? Can you give us a little, like, elevator pitch for what that means? Sure. So Managers Anonymous is what's sometimes called a peer-led learning group. So it's essentially uh, a small group, sort of normally between four and eight people that get together over an eight-week block to share their experiences of what it's like to be a manager, to share challenges, and get feedback from their peers. Um, So it meets once a week for an hour and a half and runs for an eight-week block. And do people have to sign up at the beginning of this eight-week block? They do. So it's, uh, we try and get a cohort together, a group together, and we ask everybody to commit to sort of staying as much as they can, as much as life allows there for that full eight-week process. And um, sort of it helps because that way everybody gets to know each other and trust can sort of build with the group. And what sort of sizes would you get normally? What's an average cohort? Um, it's really good for us to have at least six people, so we try and sort of have it between six and eight people because often there's one person who can't make it, and as the numbers get smaller, there's just fewer people to get feedback from, and it, you've sort of we find that as the numbers get smaller, sometimes there's just not actually a lot going wrong. <laughs> and, it, and it's good if there's... I mean, the whole point of there is to work with the hard stuff, so you want there to be some sort of... some, some challenges that are alive. That makes sense. So... In a minute, we'll get into what actually happens at these meetings and the purposes of them. But can we start off with talking about managers? Do you think managers are like a misunderstood group? Is life really hard for managers? (laughs) Oh, that's a big question. Um, I think that being a manager is hard. Being a good manager is hard. I don't think it's particularly complicated. Um, I think the basic rules and skills are pretty straightforward. But as a manager, your your job is always to deal with the hard stuff, right? Every time there's a situation which somebody doesn't know how, how to deal with, what generally happens, it gets pushed up, right? And so your life is constantly dealing with those pieces of the work that are hard. On your website, you describe the hard stuff as also um, squishy complications, <laughs> which I really enjoy. Can you give some examples? What are the, what are these hard things and squishy things? All right. Well, just a really simple example that I often use for these sorts of things is just you're a manager, say, of a small team, and you've got someone who's constantly coming in late. Right? What do you do about that? 
right? That, that's a very, that's as simple as it gets, really. Do you talk to them right away? Do you ignore it and assume it'll go away? Do you decide you don't care? You know, there's a, there's an infinite number of ways of responding to something even that simple. So, what was your first squishy, hard, complicated management thing Ooh. that you ran into? Do you remember that far? <laughs> first, no, I have to think about that. Um, mm -hmm. There's been a lot. Uh, my first one. Or, or even a standout one that you're like, oh, one. God, not today. Well, uh, maybe come back to that. Give me a second to think about that. You started Managers Anonymous back in 2014. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. How has it kind of changed and developed over, it's nearly been four years, um, yeah, how has it sort of changed and developed? Has it stayed the same or? No, it's slowly evolved. So it started off, uh, so the origins of this was um, sort of maybe 2013, my sister uh, took a, a new management job. And so she was sort of uh, coming up to speed with that and it turned out to be a bit more challenging than she'd expected. We would sort of hang out in the evenings and talk. And as we did that and we sort of, walked, sort of talked about stuff, um, we realized, hey, this is a really useful thing. You know, it's like actually being a new manager and a new organization is pretty challenging. And, you know, she was going through that process learning, and I remembered going through it myself of having to learn. Um, and we thought, well, there's got to be a lot of other people out there. You know, my experience, like you said in the introduction of, of the workplace, especially, you know, my experience mostly in small companies is that, you know, all of my promotions have been, hey, Adam, you are doing great technical work. How about you run the team? Or, hey, you're doing a great job running that little team. How about you run the big team? Right. And so it is sort of constant trial by fire. And and as a manager, as I'm learning, right, my that process of me learning affects everybody who I'm supposed to be managing. Right. So it's kind of high risk, really, you know, and it doing it badly can affect a lot of people. Is it quite an expensive problem or just that it can be potentially upsetting or slow down a job or something like that? I think it can be both. I mean, sometimes it can just be really stressful for the new manager. Sometimes it can be really stressful for the new manager and the people who work for them. Sometimes it can be kind of disastrous and have financial, you know, repercussions for the business. Oi, it's very concerning. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> so when you started off, were you, how did you get people involved in the first place? How did you spread the word or help people trust that you could help them? Yeah, well, um... Both my sister and I know quite a lot of people around Wellington, and so uh, we sort of talked about this idea, and it seemed like a nice way that we could sort of contribute back to the Wellington community. And I went away and tucked up in the library for an afternoon, and that we sort of we asked around. We said, hey, would anybody be interested in something like this? I think just on Facebook and Twitter. And we sort of got together a group of people who were interested. But but there was this challenge of we had some people who were very experienced managers, you know, been managers for 20 years. And we had some people who had only been a manager for six months. And I started thinking, I'm like, well, how are we going to do this in a way where we don't just end up with the, the experienced people blasting the inexperienced people with advice, right? Because that could be pretty unfun. Uh, and so I sort of came up with a loose framework just as a starting point, um, as a way of structuring the meetings to try and avoid that. And we're like, okay, well, let's just try this and see what happens. 
and it turned out that it mostly worked. So we've added little bits into it over the years, sort of essentially it happens in a series of rounds. One person shares a challenging situation and then there's a bunch of, you know, and then we'll do a round which has rules and we'll do another round which has rules, right, to sort of try and keep the feedback constructive. Um, and those have shifted and changed uh, as we've gone forward, but the basic structure stayed the same. I read on your website lots of glowing testimonials, um, but from your experience, how do people find this kind of thing? What is, uh, what are some of the experiences that people are having here at Managers Anonymous? Um, well, lots of people tell us that they find it really scary before they come. Um, I can imagine. And the biggest piece of feedback we've had is just that people come out of it just breathing this huge sigh of relief going, oh, I thought I was a terrible manager, but actually the things that I'm dealing with and the things that I'm having trouble resolving are hard for everyone. These are actually just sort of what's hard about being a manager, and there is no magic bullet. There is no way to just snap your fingers and have it all be fixed. I just have to do my best and work through it. What do you think is the difference between having a support group and a support person? Like, what's the difference between this circle of eight and just you and your sister yeah. having a yarn at the end of the day. It's that diversity of experience and opinion. What mm. I what I love about facilitating this group, and I, I co-facilitate it with my sister, she helps out, um, is that sometimes there are people who are sharing challenges that I know a lot about. I have a lot of you know, opinions and experience around that, and I'm really happy engaging with, with that person or, or doing it. And I think in those situations, it would work quite well one-on-one -on -one if that was what. But sometimes people have challenges that I just don't know anything about. I've never experienced, or maybe they're communicating it in a way that I'm having a hard time connecting to. But there's almost always someone else in the group who can. And I, I have just been astonished over and over again at how well the group can do the work. You know, there always seems to be somebody who has the right piece of information. Is there ever a time when the group is just stumped? It's just something totally out of this world, unusual, hard, you know? It's not so much the things that are hard that stump the group as it is the things where the person who's sharing is unclear what they want. Right. So sometimes we have people who come who are in a really emotionally charged situation, but but they're still ca too caught up in it and don't have the self-awareness yet to kind of see through it and be able to separate their part and the other people's parts and kind of figure out what outcomes are possible on the other side of it. And so sometimes it can just sort of get caught up in, in that and the group can have a hard time helping the person through that. But ha But hard stuff... You know, the, the stuff which is really complicated um, isn't so much of the where the group gets stuck. Mm. Well, that makes sense. Emotions are very, yeah, they can, they can dilute a lot of what's going on for someone. Um, what, what in your life actually set you up and motivates you to run Managers Anonymous? Well, I have been a manager in one way or another since the early 90s, working in the high-tech field. Um, and I, I've always done some technical work and some management work, but I always liked the management work more. Um, and then when uh, sort of 2010, 2011, something like that, as I was traveling around, I got introduced to a process called nonviolent communication, which uh, kind of blew my mind a little bit. It was, I felt like I'd been trying to figure out a bunch of stuff my whole life, and somebody just handed me the book, which was like, hey, dummy. 
This is, this is what you were trying to figure out. You've got like parts one and seven and nine, but here's the rest of them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. And so I got really interested in that. And with that, I sort of got more interested in facilitation and it sort of breathed a new life into sort of my interest in management because suddenly I saw a way through, I saw a way to sort of resolve situations that before I'd found really hard. Now I had a new set of tools to sort of approach things with. Can you think of an example of something like that that had been hard before and um, with these new tools made sense? Hmm, that's another great system. I wasn't prepared for examples. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons for future interviews. Um, I guess I can't think of a work situation, but I can think of a personal situation, which was um, actually with, with my wife, which was... Uh, this last year, I've been working back out at Weta, and we live about an hour's drive up north. So I was cons consistently coming home quite late. And that was part of the deal, and we knew that. But she was really struggling with uh, sort of the unpredictability of when I came home. And but, but what she was initially saying was, you know, I want you home earlier. I'm sort of simplifying here because she'll probably listen to this, right? But... <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, so we sort of, she would, she would sort of be grumpy and I would be defensive. And then we sat down after a while and had a proper conversation about it. And what nonviolent communication does is, it, is it, it's, it's a process which helps you focus on the needs, right? Rather than getting caught up in the strategies of how you might resolve the problem or the emotional response to the problem. It's like, what do we both actually want? And as we went through that process, suddenly realized that actually all... It wasn't the fact that I was coming home late. It was actually the predictability, right? Because she didn't know how to organize her evening. And so we just came up with a really simple agreement, which was that if I wasn't in the car driving home at 6.30, I would text, right? And super easy for me. She was super happy, right? It's one of those things which in retrospect sounds kind of ridiculously simple, but I'm not sure we would have gotten there without a little bit of help. I can see how that kind of thing might happen in the workplace a lot. Yeah. Just not fundamentally understanding needs. Yeah. Wow. Um, is there anything that you want to tell us that we haven't covered yet? I'm conscious of the time and we might be running out of it with you. Um, is there anything? Well, uh, so Managers Anonymous is a free offering. Um, we run sort of three or four, eight block week, eight week blocks a year. Um, and we're always looking for people. They're, they're filling up quicker these days than they were in the right. past, which is lovely. Um, but if you are interested in participating, we would love to have you. And it, it's not strictly, you don't have to be a manager of any particular type. You just have to be someone whose profession involves those squishy challenges. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're in your first week of being a manager or even thinking about taking a management role and haven't done it yet, or whether you're an old seasoned pro, um, we'd love to have your participation either way. And the easiest way to find out more about it is my website, which is adam.nz slash managers. Such a great URL. That's so straightforward. Um, you run the group with your sister, right? Yeah. What's that like? It's been really lovely, actually. Um, we've worked before, worked together before at past jobs, um, and we really like working together and have sort of quite different styles. So it's quite nice that, you know, we both know what the other one's good at. And um, it's nice to sort of have someone you know really well you know, have your back. That's really nice. Um, do you see a line of succession at all? Do you think you'll need to pass on this concept in the future to maybe an alumni or? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that's what we would both really like to see is to see other people get excited about this and want to take it on and maybe run 
run a similar thing in a different geographic location or take over from us or whatever else. No, no one's expressed interest in that yet, um, but we're open to that and we're kind of hoping that that might happen at some point. Cool. What about the rest of New Zealand? Have you played with this in other areas? We haven't. We've talked about doing an online one, mm-hmm. um, sort of doing it you know, via Skype or something like that. Um, I'm the, despite my technology background, I'm a bit of a technology curmudgeon when it comes to that stuff. And I, I, I think in sort of those sort of group contexts, an awful lot is said with body language. And I'm just a little bit concerned about how much of that m- might get lost, especially sort of around keeping people safe, because sometimes pretty big stuff comes up. And if... If somehow you didn't, I didn't notice, you know, maybe that, you know, that could make a pretty negative experience for someone. So I'm just, I'm a bit cautious around that, Mm. but it seems to be the way of the future and lots of people seem to be doing that work successfully. So I'm certainly interested in doing an online one, Um, but the whole sort of once a week for eight weeks makes traveling to do them a bit tricky. That makes sense. Yep. Well, I guess you'll have to get training on the, on the successes then. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. That was really, really interesting. Um, To play you out, we have uh, the one, the only Jimmy Reed, a very uh, illustrious blues player from way back when, uh, and his track, Big Boss Man. (laughs) All right, thank you very much. Oh, man.